spending time together has always been an important part of the human race. And especially now, we need it more than ever. But this longing is deeper than just wanting to share a meal with others. This desire is woven into our very design. That's today on the podcast. Hey, it's Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thanks so much for tuning into our Tower Hill podcast. Wherever or whenever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you, and we hope you share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. As we emerge from the uncertainty of the pandemic, we are exploring some things that we can do to find how we can grow closer to God and continue our faith journey, no matter where we are in that walk. Today, Pastor Jason is continuing with part two of the sermon series, Your Next Move. This week is all about community and why we long for it year after year. So join us. Let's listen in right now. What is your next move? That is the sermon series that we're in. And for the next couple of weeks, it's talking about how do you know how to take your next step of faith? I think this is the piece that it sounds easy and then we go to do it and we don't know what to do. And we feel like we're stuck. and We don't know why we can't figure out what God wants for us and from us and what's the next thing that we're supposed to do. Yes, we believe in Jesus, but now what? Or we've been walking with Jesus a long time, but now what? It's really asking the question, what does God want from me right now? And how do I find that out? And how do I hear the voice? And how do I know what to do? And after a while, we could think ourselves into such a point that we just kind of give up because we feel like it's it's way too complicated. It's way beyond where our faith is and we don't know what to do. But it's not. It's just a matter of learning how to listen to God and to react in real time. It's sort of like listening to GPS instructions or following a compass. It's a way that you're, you're kind of constantly checking in and, and hearing back from God. And after a while, it creates a path and your next step becomes clearer and clearer. So we're talking about that over the next couple of weeks. And I just really hope it's helpful for you as you try to figure out, and probably all of us are trying to figure out, what's next for us in our walk of faith right now. Now, at its heart, you really have to believe that no matter what's going on, that God's version of me is better than my version of me. I mean, that's really what we all have to believe, right? In our heart of hearts, we have to believe God knows better than we do when it comes to what we need and what our next step should be. If you don't believe that, it's going to be really hard to move forward because you're always going to be fighting with God over what you want and not what he wants for you. What you think is best and maybe not exactly what he thinks is best. But if you believe that God knows and God's ready to hand you and hand you the, the life that he's designed you to live and to give you the things he's designed you to receive, you're going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. You're going to know what your next step is. We're saying that this really like at the hand of a potter, this is the process of sanctification or spiritual formation, as we said. It's a big theological word that just basically means the process of being made holy, of being more like Jesus, that it begins with our salvation, but it doesn't end there. It doesn't end that we just say we have faith in Jesus and okay, we're good. We know where we're going to go when we die and that's it. It's no, now this, this life, this Christian life, is one that is formed by the hands of God into we, this, 
lump of clay become more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to have sin issues the whole way, but we should be trending toward greater Christ-likeness. That's sanctification or spiritual formation. It's allowing Jesus to take down the barriers that I've put up. It's clearing those out of the way so that I can follow well. And that's really the first step. What's the first step of this journey of spiritual formation? It's following. And following is all about knowing who Jesus is and then allowing him to dictate who you are. Usually we think it's, it's the opposite. I mean, the message that we get from the world is, you know, discover who you are and then just stay true to yourself. Yeah, but we don't believe, in the Christian faith, we don't believe that who we really are is revealed to us apart from Jesus Christ. When we know who he is, he tells us who we are, who we've been created to be, who he says we are, and allow that to dictate our path forward. Because when you know, when you discover who Jesus really is, you discover who you really are, and your purpose becomes clearer. That's what we talked about last week. So if the first step is follow, there's a second step that's really first step B, right? I mean, it's all kind of intertwined. It's not like a series of steps and I have to do this one first and this one first. They all kind of work at the same time. But the next step that I want to talk about today is after following, it's choosing community. Choosing community. This is so, so important in listening to where God wants to take us next. Over this uh, pandemic, I did a project. Uh, gosh, it must have been in the summer. You know, I had all this stuff, all these family pictures and heirlooms from my parents who passed away. And they were just sitting in these bins and filled our, we call it the middle room, which is <laughs> like this teeny tiny bedroom that's operating as sort of like an everything room and also where I hang my clothes. So I had all these bins stacked up that came from my mom and, and my dad and I decided during the pandemic, I'm going to go through these things. I'm going to organize them. I'm going to, you know, I want to care for them and then look back and remember. And I knew this was going to be an emotional journey and man, it was even more than I bargained for. I found myself going through, I was so moved. It was actually, it was, it was wonderful and very draining at the same time. But in this process of weeding through all these emotions, I'm looking back at all these different times in my life and all the different groups of people that I was with each time. And I came to a realization that I think speaks a lot about how we're wired as human beings. And that's this. It is impossible to think about my life without thinking of community. Whether it was the community of my immediate family, the community of my friends or extended family or people at school and sports. I mean, whatever it was, the journey itself wasn't just an isolated journey. Even though I think of myself as an individual and I think of my journey of life as an individual journey, it was never untethered from a community of some kind. This is important. This is actually foundational in how we're wired as human beings. Because that's just it, right? Us human beings and all the psychology will tell you this, we are wired for community. We crave it. And we'll go to great lengths even sometimes dangerous lengths in order to fulfill it. We'll, we'll do it at great cost. This is why gangs exist, right? Why would you ever join a gang? Well, because for some young people, they feel like that's the only sense of belonging, the only sense of community that they have. 
That's the family that they love. And they'll be willing to do anything on behalf of that family that it takes in order to stay belonging in that family. That's how strong that craving is. If you see social media and its incredible pull on us, and even sometimes to the great negative effects that it caused, people are still willing to do it. Why? Because they crave community. If that's where they can find it, that's where they're going to get it. It's because it's how we're wired. Just think about one of the deepest questions of human existence has been what? Are we alone? Is there a God? Are there other, is there life on other planets? Are we alone? This is all sort of screaming out to our desire for connection. Because I believe this is hardwired into us. And this is something that Scripture actually affirms. It says in creation, for example, do you remember when, when Adam is created, God, God says it's not good for a man to be alone. He creates Eve. Right from the beginning, our creative purpose is together. To be together in community relationship with one another. It's not good for us to be alone. So we were wired. Our created wiring is for one another. We're designed optimized for community. Or think about the Abrahamic promise, right? What was the promise to Abraham? But a people, a nation, a community. That was the promise to Abraham. Or maybe you think about Jesus himself talking about a kingdom of God. His children as a body, a collection, a community. God's call in Scripture is a call to community. And so yes, we can verify that both our own experience and Scripture affirm our longing for community. Do you ever wonder why? Why do you think that is? Why do you think we human beings are wired this way for community? Well, I think a scientist might say something like, it's because of our protective instincts. That we realized through the process of evolution that we were better facing the mammoth or monster or whatever it was in a community together. A better shot of survival. It's all about survival. Survival instincts is to be in community. A sociologist might say, well, it's because of the desire for acceptance. That acceptance is the reason why we trend toward community. But what Christianity says and what Christians believe is that we're wired for community because that is the essence of God himself. I love this uh, painting by Rublev in the, I think it's the 15th century. And he made this painting of, it's supposed to be the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit gathered around a table. And one end of that table is open to us. And I think there's a couple wonderful things at play in here. And the first is, why are we wired for a community? Because we are made in God's image. God is living community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, triune God together in community. Why are we wired for it? Because the one in whose image we're made is. And we're invited to participate in that community of God, which sort of blows your mind. I mean, the Trinity itself is a little bit mind-blowing, right? The Trinity is like, okay, I got to understand three ways of being. And the way that we describe it in the Orthodox Christian faith is it's without confusion, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, without confusion. It's not just a jumbled mess. Without division, so they all were always together, without separation or change. In other words, as the, the Son 
or the Holy Spirit or the Father acted, they didn't undergo any change in who they were based on what was happening to the other two. So they're all different ways of being and yet one whole God. It's like, well, how do we explain that? I know at confirmation class, I mean, some of you remember this. They say, well, it's like an egg. There's three parts to an egg. There's a shell and a white and a yolk. There's three. You could separate them out, but there's still one egg. I mean, I don't know, kind of. But it's, it kind of gets you to visualize it, right? Or H2O, the different states of matter. There's liquid, there's gas, there's solid. They're all H2O, but three different ways. It's actually so deeper than that. It's really uh, intertwined, interdependent. Uh, all three, three in one, one in three, is this incredible community of God. And this community of God the thing that's most incredible about it is we're created to be like that, to want community with God and with one another. And then God invites us into community. So God has invited us into community with him, but sin broke that community from the beginning. We were created to be that way. And then what sin did is it changed this idea of community. Honestly, you see this all around you now. The reason why our community is broken in this world with one another It's because of sin. What is sin? What is sin but the reversal of the desire for being together and just deciding selfishly to be for myself? You know how there's no I in team where there's a big fat I in sin. What is sin but the fundamental decision to be for me and not for thee? It is the decision to be anti-community. It is decision to be number one and everybody else is number two or less. Sin did that with our relationship with God as well. Broke it. Foundationally broke our relationship with God. We were invited into a community that we wholeheartedly rejected. Why? So that we could be a community unto ourselves, which of course doesn't work. And we wonder why we're still longing and craving belonging and community. Because we can't find it apart from that reconciled relationship with God. We crave restorative community with God and with one another because we are made in God's image. It's like a a creative echo from our creator. You know how um, maybe you are a lot like your father or your mother. It's like that you just can't shake it no matter how hard you try. (laughs) There's that... There's some of those things that we see in humanity. One of those is our desire for community. We believe it's because of God that we human beings are so wired, so craving, actual, loving community with God and with one another. Honestly, just as a little aside here, I think this we really saw unfold in a negative way during the pandemic. And that is, I think during the pandemic, many struggled with mental health, and I think a lot of it had to do with the lack of community. We've seen this in the church as well. You've experienced this on some level, especially in those days when we were really locked down. It's like I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was connecting with anybody. Maybe I was on computer and I was you know, on a Zoom meeting or something, but it's just not the same. And I was really craving and hurting because of that community. We see what has happened to a lot of children as they haven't been able to go back to school or just getting back to school. I mean, they really suffered because of that lack of community. There's a reason. We're not meant to live without it. We're meant to be hardwired into loving community. 
Now here's the amazing thing, right? Jesus conquers sin for us so we can rejoin the community of God, including one another. Remember the great commandment. What's the great commandment? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. The two go together. Community has both a vertical and a horizontal aspect. Love has a vertical and a horizontal aspect. God and one another. You can't have one without the other. They go together. Loving God, following God, is an act of community in a direction of faithfulness. It's often described as a body in the New Testament. This is where, uh, how 1 Corinthians puts it. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I love this idea that we are all an interconnected body of Christ. And, and that's just it, right? It's, you're not supposed to be able to separate us out. We're distinctly different parts, but we belong together. The community of God is described as a body interconnected, interdependent, and for the benefit or good of each other, of all. You can't have, you, know, you want to have two ears and you want to have two eyes and you want to have all the different parts of the body working together because you need them all. And this just really speaks to our God-given desire for community. Now here's the thing, and this is so important in discipleship, in following God and learning what's your next move going to be. The community of Christ is different. I believe in my heart of hearts that you will never fulfill your longing for community apart from the body of Christ. Here's what I mean. Will you ever experience a sense of community? Of course you will. You, you experience senses of community all the time. But I feel like your craving for connection, that desire that you have to be known and to know others, I don't think ultimately is fulfilled until you have come to faith in Jesus and start living a life of love in a community of faith. I think until that happens, we're just trying to fill a space in our lives that, that only that can fill. Test me out. Maybe I'm wrong. But this has been my experience. The Christian community is different. It's not perfect. I'll get to that in a second. But it is spiritually different. I know that when I first came to faith and started hanging around Christians for the first time, uh, it, it really was different. It was a different kind of community, one that was based on something else. It was based on a love that came from outside of us, and yet at the same time was bigger than us and more powerful than us and somehow enfolded us into it. It was beautiful. And there are times when I really see and feel this beauty of the community of God. It's just different. It's just different than any other kind of community that you're going to have. And though sometimes that community is tough to find. But we're reminded again that we, are all, we all have this part to play. And eventually, if we're listening to God, he's going to steer us toward this community 
where we belong. And he's given us a different role in that community. This is what Ephesians 4 says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I mean, I love this definition. The idea is that you're not going to reach your maturity in Christ apart from the body. It is essential. You've been given a task, a role, a part to play in this body. You're an important part of it. And this is going to help you grow in your faith. Learn what Jesus wants from you. Figure out how to find out what your next move is. It's all in community. I would even say it this strongly is that God's individual plan for you is discovered or even revealed in community. How do I know that? Because Scripture's constantly talking about discerning God's voice, discerning the will of God is a team sport, not just an individual sport. It's about having those faith conversations with people. It's about praying together for hearing God's voice. There's something about the community that tethers you to the gospel and also empowers you and reveals to you what God wants you to do. It's not just an individual pursuit. And that's the piece that we Americans just have a hard time with, right? Because we want the rugged individualism of the American way of life to be like our spiritual life. And that's just not the case. And we wonder why sometimes we struggle. And you turn around, you're like, wait a minute, I haven't actually been to church in years. I haven't actually been part of a group of other Christians in years. No wonder I feel so lost. You could know everything up here, but you're not going to reach your maturity of faith unless you're doing life with other Christians. Now, our experience of the body or the church, the community of God, is still imperfect. Lord, we know it. Not this church, of course. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We've been to church and we've been hurt by these people who are supposed to be building us up and lifting us up. And uh, we've been scarred by churches and church communities of the past. But I don't think that means we swear off community. I think it means we understand that sin continues to break that community. But in the end, this community of God's people is the place where God himself dwells. Where two or three are gathered in my name, so I am there with you, says the Lord. There's something about community that matters. And listen, if Satan is real, and I believe he is, what better way to destroy the mission of God than to get everybody in the church to think that community doesn't matter? To find a way to attack you through the thing that's going to tether you, that's going to make you most successful in your missional pursuit of, God, of your life, of what God wants for your life, that would be the first thing Satan would attack. So if you've ever felt under attack because of your 
connection with church. Might, might mean you have to find a new church. Might mean you have to find a different community of faith. But it also might mean that Satan's trying to get in the way of that thing that matters most. So, how do you do it? What's your next step? You start by following, and then you choose community. Now, a couple of quick things, right? A couple of things to sort of land this plane in your everyday life. So how do you go from here? So, okay, I want to choose community. What do I need to know now going forward into my week? Well, real quick, the first is realize that community has already chosen you. If you are, have put your faith in Jesus, you are supernaturally part of this community. Now build on that. Allow yourself to be built up by a community of faith. Find a church. If you're not from our church and you don't know where to go, or if you are from our church, you're like, I can't find a community here. Find a community of faith somewhere. Figure out how am I going to do life with other Christians. And that's just it, right? That's number two. Do life together in the body. Get some Christian friends and do life together. What do I mean? I don't know. Hang out. Do stuff. Pray for each other. Talk about your hopes and dreams. Talk about where you're hoping God's going to show up. Share scripture verses. Do life together. Babysit each other's kids. Go out to dinner. Have a barbecue. Whatever it is, do life together. This is really an integral part of our community and our faith. And then third, as God's plan emerges, test it in the community. That's the best way to know if you're hearing from God. Go to the people of faith that you know that you trust and ask. I think I'm hearing God telling me this. What do you think? And, and if they love you and know you, they'll tell you, I don't think that's from God. That doesn't sound like it's from God. Or, yeah, that sounds like something Jesus would say for you. And you can only do that because you're, you're going through Scripture. You kind of get a sense of what God wants and does. You know yourself. Other people know you, right? It's all in the context of community. Listen, God's version of me is shaped in community. So wherever you are, Whatever you're doing, <laughs> I want to encourage you. Dive into community. You're craving it. You can be fulfilled and you can know exactly what's your next move. Amen. Amen.